spider. And welcome to another edition of the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and spiders. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. But first, Matt, I understand that you live in constant fear of arachnids. Yeah. So um, (laughs) I took a trip recently and stayed at my aunt and uncle's house. Um, I spent one night there. This was after, this was over Christmas break, actually. And it was after I'd been sleeping on a couch for a long time yeah many so many moons four four nights on a, on a tiny couch that did not fit my larger than a couch frame <laughs> so i went to my aunt my uncles and they have this really big sprawling basement um okay that's a finished basement finished mostly finished yeah. less dungeon like than they, like, your average basement they designed and built their own house and everything um my uncle's an engineer. I think I actually wonder whether he designed and built his like own a PC. train engineer. Yeah, you know, so they make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> actually, train engineers are very well paid. Oh, really? Yeah, I learned that recently. Uh, even on the CTA. I don't know. There's a guy who drives the train on the CTA. One of the Brown Line drivers, engineers, I suppose, who wears straight up like striped conductor, like engineer overalls really? and the little cap and everything what time does he run uh it's like seven in the morning that's better than the holiday train yeah it's awesome because he's he clearly loves it and yeah. i love how he has committed himself to his childhood dream of driving trains and that he is just like yes finally i can actually do this kind of committed himself to all of our childhood dreams of driving trains exactly in a weird way like what if it's, it's always amazing to me when I think about the things that I was obsessed with as a kid, none of which are the things that I'm now obsessed with. Oh, like, wow. I would be either an archaeologist, a train okay. conductor, or a uh, Batman. <laughs> none of these things have come to pass. Yeah. Well, one of them's much more attainable. I always think about that as like... Which one was... Like, if both my parents had just died, it would have been much easier for me to become Batman? Well, yeah, that's still in the cards, man. <laughs> No, I think I had to be much younger. Oh, okay. At this point, I would just grieve them and feel yeah, it's, awful. Yeah, it's less of like a trauma that causes you to yeah. turn inwardly. Or it'd go like Death Wish Bruce Willis. Like, mm. That's a little less bit Batman. less heroic. Yeah. yeah. I think if you if your parents die when you're a kid, you become Batman. If someone you love dies when you're older, then you become a mercenary vigilante with a gun instead. <laughs> That's dark. Um, so I understand that you're scared of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like spiders. Let I know, I know people back. who really, really like have actual phobias of spiders. Yeah, but, Ron um, Weasley, our mutual friend Ron. <laughs> is that is that a trait of Ron's? Yeah, in the book. Yeah, because there's like a giant spider. Oh and man, it's he hates the way that they quote move. I haven't read that book in a long time, but that I was just in Harry you. Potter world. There's no <laughs> spiders there, but I know what's up. Um, so I was at my uncle aunt and uncle's house, and I was sleeping on another couch in their basement. But this was a very large plush couch. Uh, I can entirely fit on it and then like fold into it. Yeah. The sectional situation. The issue is that the last time I stayed there over last Christmas, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and found a spider right on my face. Oh, (laughs) a big spider. And it's like, I'm I'm picturing a head crab. It's yeah, more or less. It was about that big. Okay. Um, definitely a brown recluse. You reached for your crowbar, (laughs) which you sleep with under your pillow in case I need to break some like 
some planks laid over a door somewhere. Yeah, there's a crate in the way. <laughs> Let me solve this problem. Uh, and so this Christmas, while I was staying down there, not having really not having slept more than three hours in four days straight, um, I still could not fall asleep because every time it's absolutely dark, it's pitch black, and if I want to turn on the lights, I have to like get up and walk across the room and. Every time I would start to nod off, I would think about the spider on my face and I'd wake back up <laughs> immediately. So I, again, did not really sleep that well. Did not meet any spiders. Bugs are horrifying. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's this, uh, I don't know, desire for us to grow up and stop being scared well, of bugs, but I just haven't ever really lost do you think, it. Do you think that JRPGs stack the enemies wrong in their dungeons? Like, really, you should be fighting, like, monsters up front, and then the final boss is, like, a little spider. Yeah, like a kobold <laughs> or, like, some weirdo dogman <laughs> monster or a minotaur. I think, like, okay, this is somebody I might be able to reason with. I can conquer this. Bugs have no law. Yeah, this is true. And they multiply. Yes, it's true. They, they, there might be a lot of them around you right now and you would have no way of There's knowing. There's some fucked up fact about the fact that like within every like square meter of space, there's 10,000 spiders. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, did you have any, any notes on spiders? Uh, I, I just, I like that Blink-182 song that involves spiders. Never heard it. Spiders. I like that. Where are the spiders? I actually have no idea. That's the only part. I, I know that... Bringing you apple juice moments. Yes. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> what, need, what really matters here is that Blink-182 is the voice inside my head. <laughs> what is it? Spiders in my bedroom or Are something? They? I don't know. Uh, on my face. <laughs> when I'm sleeping. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should we jump into this news hour? I think we should talk about the news. All right. The news. We're going to start hot with um, something that I think had both of us. I, I, I like laughed joyously at work when I received your text about this. I don't know if you squealed or what, but um, the Nintendo Switch is getting Dark Souls remastered. Dark Souls remastered is happening straight up. Like this is the important thing is that no matter what console you own, you're going to get yes. a functional version of Dark Souls that doesn't crash in Blight Town. We hope. Fingers crossed. Hopefully the hitboxes aren't completely... As long as it is, it plays exactly like old Dark Souls. Well, it's just a remaster, so it's not a total rebuild. So that's the important part. No, the ones... So to, to clarify, Dark Souls is coming out on all of the current consoles. Mm -hmm. um, on the PS4 and Xbox One, it is going to get the lighting system from Dark Souls 3. So it's mm. going to look sharper. And it is going to run at 60 frames a second, which yeah. is previously something you could only do with the PC version. And even then it was a hack. So and that's cool. Potentially running it up to 4K, not native, but upscaled on certain. Yeah. On certain Console super new permutations. Gen. Yeah. The super PlayStation 4. Yeah. And et cetera. Um, but the real news here for me is that the Nintendo Switch is going to get a version of this game. It is supposedly going to run at 30 frames a second, which is what it used to do. But this means you'll be able to take Dark Souls on an airplane and play Dark Souls. You'll be able to take Dark Souls to the bathroom and play Dark Souls. You'll be able to take Dark Souls to a funeral and play <laughs> Dark Souls. This is the greatest day of our lives. The last one being the most fitting place probably to play Dark Souls. Truly. This just keeps popping up. You die. Yeah, you, you died. died. Um, real question. Regarding the Switch specifically, does this mean that you're going to be able to pause Dark Souls? 
I think this if you is cut to the menu. I've thought about this. I don't think you'd cut to the menu. I think that if you sleep the console, it will just freeze wherever you are because so it just pauses. This the game might state. be the first Dark Souls that you can pause. Yeah, I think it's actually going to be a weird like. It's strange because you won't be able to like manipulate your inventory during that time, mm. which is really what makes the inability to pause in Dark Souls problematic, right? Yeah. Uh, or problematic in the sense that it builds tension for the game. Precisely. I guess you can always quit. I mean, I think even on the modern consoles, you can quit to, uh, I guess, to the home screen at any time. Right. And it would just and sit it does, it wherever does, it Yeah, is. it doesn't. It's, it sits. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be mauled by something and then come back and just have a dead dude. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this. I remember when I was first playing Dark Souls, occasionally playing Dark Souls, realizing I needed to go somewhere and thinking, man, if they would just put this out on the Vita, I would buy a Vita, which is a dark thought. <laughs> that is so messed up. Um, anything that makes you want to buy a Vita is bad because the Vita was terrible and they might still be selling it. I think that they are. I think they're still manufacturing, aren't are they? Are there games coming out for the Vita right Probably now? Probably not anymore. But I just remember thinking that even if it performed poorly and looked terrible, I would still purchase a Vita to play Dark Souls on the go. And now I actually get that, which is unbelievable to me. Will you play it on the train? You play games on the train. I, play I games have yet on the to train. do this. I, yeah. I might do it. I, I think I just want the ability to play Dark Souls wherever. Yeah. The real, the real like sad part of this is, well, okay, two things. Happy news. This game is going to cost $40 according to a GameStop listing that popped up, which is amazing. It comes out yeah. in May. The sad thing for me is that looking at that, I go, all right, this is an $80 game and I'm getting it on my <laughs> Xbox and <laughs> on the Switch, um, which will bring my grand total of money spent on Dark Souls 1 to like $140. I think that that over a decade. That feels fair to I me agree. considering the enjoyment that I've gotten out of it. Yeah, and um, just I want it to sell well so that we continued. I don't know, but what else do we want after this? That's the thing. Is like this is the thing that we have wanted. I have wanted this. So like does this mean that once we get the thing that we want, we'll never have anything that we want again? I don't know. Because I don't want a Dark Souls 4. I think that there is room in the world for another Dark Souls, but I think we need to take some time off. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I just hope that it's a while. And I know we're getting Bloodborne 2 pretty soon. Has that been actually announced? They showed a trailer at um, one of the things that I watched that I can never remember. Oh, it was PlayStation the, Experience? It, no, it was the Game Awards, I think. Oh, okay. And uh, it looked like Bloodborne 2 and is a From Software, and it was like, but it was like Victorian-styled felt. It was not Armored Core. Let's put it that way. Oh, man. I love Armored Core. I haven't played an Armored Core since the PlayStation 1, but... Those are not... They don't hold up particularly well. The PS2 ones did okay. They've mm. made Armored Core since then, and I always think, I should just get one of those, and I never do because they are always poorly reviewed. Yeah. I assume for maybe a good reason. Probably. Armored Core has always seemed cooler than it is, but man, the robots are so big. It's awesome looking. <laughs> He likes a big robot. I love a big robot. This might be jumping the gun a little bit, but to move on to the next uh, next piece, and let me know if you want to table this, but PUBG became Xbox One, became, becomes an Xbox One sensation, surpassing 3 million players in a month. That's a title from Eurogamer. Okay. Thoughts uh, on this? I'm one of those 3 million people, as yeah. we'll learn in the games portion of this podcast. It's deserved and it's not deserved. We'll talk about that at great length, I think. Um, that game is probably the most broken 
game I have played since I owned like an N64 and mm-hmm. people were just putting out things that didn't really run well. But it is also one of the best video games I have ever played. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to feel about that game, but it deserves as many players as it gets. And I want them to keep playing so that I have more people to kill on that island. Um something that came in, put this in perspective for me recently was, well, first of all, 3 million players, we assume that that's maybe not necessarily exactly uh, 3 million individual copies sold. Okay. That might not actually be 3 million copies sold. But to put it in perspective, I was listening to a podcast earlier that was talking about that Michael Flynn, but not Michael Flynn. Um, that, the uh, Fire and Fury. Fire and Fury, yeah. Is that, wait, Michael Flynn? No. No. Michael um, Flynn is the disgraced yeah, former cabinet, former cabinet member. member. Um, what's the guy's name? I have no idea. Wolf. Michael Wolf. Wolf. Michael Wolf, yes. Yeah. Hungry, like <laughs> a um, Duran Duran reference there. Uh, that had People an original. People know what Hungry Like <laughs> the Wolf is. Like, we're not that old. I don't know. I bet that there's at least one listener who doesn't. Yeah. That's a shame, though. That song, that song is awesome. It's a great song. Oh, it's so good. In any case, that had an initial print run of 150,000 that after demand was pun- pushed up to 1 million. <laughs> so compare that to, I mean, it's been, you know, I, I granted, like, PUBG has had maybe like a week and a half on that book and like being around a little bit longer, wow. but one million, and that book is all over the front page of it's everything. all anyone is talking the top about of, in yeah. the remotely political. Meanwhile, realm. PUBG on the Xbox one alone, one of the worst selling consoles probably of the modern generation has pulled in three, three million. It totally makes sense to me because if you have an Xbox one, this is Microsoft's game. Like, this is the exclusive game on your console this Christmas. It also happens to be one of the best games I uh, that I've ever experienced. In, yeah. in the sense... Well, and we're going to talk about this later. I don't want to get too far into it. But okay. it has that, like, Counter-Strike style thing where you play it and you go, I am not getting this experience anywhere else. For all of its flaws, this is a cool thing. And especially on the Xbox, which is so starved for games, they're getting a little bit of that like Nintendo bump where even on a poorly selling Nintendo platform, it's like they put out Mario Kart and literally every single person who owns the platform buys Mario Kart. So Nintendo's still doing okay. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And this is, I think that situation where it's like, what other game would a person buy for their Xbox one this holiday season? That's a good point. None, no games, (laughs) no zero games. Yep. Moving on. Um, this was interesting. This was uh, brought up on Eurogamer. The headline reads, New mass shooting simulator aims to help teachers respond more effectively in a crisis. Did you hear about this by any chance? I did not hear about this. So um, this is a multiplayer training simulator called EDGE, for which stands for Enhanced Dynamic Geosocial Environment. Whoa. Um, it's developed and used by the Department of Homeland, Homeland Security and the U.S. Army. It's essentially a sandbox simulator that you can go in and create different using the tools create different simulations that you can then put professionals through okay um so it's currently currently mostly used by first responders like the police or emts uh to simulate different crisis situations like a hostage situation or something like that uh i imagine in some cases hostage situations yeah i i don't know like how much of it's, it's a communication tool though so much as a kind of trying to place you in a virtual setting so that you can become accustomed to 
uh, not the nuances of say hostage communication so much as the the sense of crisis and how to remain calm in a crisis. Okay, is this a VR thing? It's, it's I don't know if it's VR actually. I don't believe it's VR. I believe that it's it's not VR but played on computers. Okay. Um. So there's this new scenario that's been written for mass school shootings, and it's designed specifically for teachers. Seems like an interesting idea, right? It seems like a great idea. Here's the thing that I found really weird. There are three different roles that you can have in this game. There's the teachers, which where your your job is to like keep kids safe. There's the police officers, in which case your job is to subdue or eliminate the the assailant, the shooter. And then someone has to play as the shooter. Of course, because so otherwise they couldn't simulate that. It's every so time you're doing up. this, it's really, really fucked up. Whoa. And it's interesting because like I was reading this article and I was like, well, of course there's just going to be an AI shooter. No, there's literally someone who is tasked. So as everyone else is like adjusting to this, yeah. someone has to go in and be like, like drew the short straw and has to be trying to kill children in a video game. Well, that's, yeah, I, I think about this with law enforcement a lot because there was a really good article about uh, the Australian task force that has been bringing down these dark web porno uh, child pornography rings. Hmm. And they're doing incredible work, right? Because they're taking, they're getting tons of arrests out of this. But what it means is that they have to infiltrate these forums and pretend to be forum members. And so there's multiple people as part of this task force who role play as people exchanging child pornography explicitly for the purpose of catching people who are exchanging child pornography. Ugh. And you just think I go to work and I sit in front of a computer. So functionally I am doing the same thing as this person. I go to work and I just like click around, but the mental toll that that must take on a person and the genuine results that they're getting as a result of it. Uh, it's mind blowing to me. It makes the idea of being an undercover narcotics officer seem like a chill vacation. Yeah. By comparison. Oh, completely. Like, yeah. The, the, yeah. I, I'm sure that there are, there are TV shows and movies about that, but I don't even know if I'd want to watch them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that like obviously training people how to, to, to engage I can't even think after that. I'm like kind of freaked out. Yeah, it's messed up. By, I, I I wonder what the what the what kind of like psych evaluation you have to get. There's a good article by the Guardian about this uh, okay. because there was a very big sting recently that this Australian group uh, executed. Um, I might read that. It's might, it's, it's worth it reading because it's fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, but it is extremely messed up. Yeah. And there are some statistics about the number of people who are using these forums as normal users, not undercover cops, that are deeply sobering. Uh, so that's probably good just to look into so that you know how bad the world can be. And how bad the internet always has allowed is. us to be. <laughs> this is the real Black Mirror. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to watch Black Mirror because reality is a pretty bad mirror to look at, too. Hmm. Uh. Through a glass darkly and right on to Cliffy B's most recent. Talk about it, darkly. Um, so this is, again, from Eurogamer. Uh, the publisher of Cliffy B's latest hit. <laughs> La latest La project. Project, Lawbreakers, has blamed PUBG for its like lack of success. First so, of all, so I have, I have two questions. I mean, first of all, that's that's 
asinine. It's insane. Which is, I think we can all agree on. But did you play Lawbreakers? Are you curious about Lawbreakers? It's a hero shooter. Like, what are your thoughts on this? I know that we I both really respect it. Cliffy B. I do. I like games that Cliffy B has worked on. Um, this is like Unreal, Gears of War, other uh, epic games, Jazz Jackrabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliffy B makes good games. I have not played Lawbreakers. I've seen a video of it where it was like Vanquish from the first person, and it looked pretty amazing uh, just as a first-person shooter where you had rocket feet. Like It it looked fun to move around in. Yeah, which is the sort of thing I would expect from a Cliffy B game. So I would imagine it's a pretty good one of those. Did it ever hit consoles? It did. Oh, it There did. was like a special edition PS4? Maybe we have to look up how much this is because we should play it. I mean, there's probably like three people playing. It strikes this. me as the sort of thing that should be free to play. Um, but, uh, what I know about it is that it didn't seem to reach a critical mass of players, which is so critical to a multiplayer focused shooter that yeah. you just always have somebody to play. Uh, like you need to press that button to start a match and it needs to fill up the lobby before you have taken your finger off the button. That's being one of the best things about PUBG. Exactly. There are 3 million people playing that game right now. So you always find a game, even though the maps are big. Um, I don't think necessarily that you can blame PUBG for the failure of Lawbreakers, but I think that you can blame the fact... Lawbreakers does not have the cachet of being the new game from Blizzard, which Overwatch had. Yeah. It doesn't have the, like, momentum of Call of Duty... Right. Yeah. Or the weird broad based appeal that's provided by semi realistic dudes shooting each other in the face, which Call of Duty also has because people love war, uh, especially the grandfather's war. Exactly. It requires a lot to get somebody into something that's a totally new property like that. And I never saw enough advertising or word of mouth buzz about lawbreakers to have that happen. I didn't see any advertising. We saw, I, we were watching it together. There was like a thing before the game awards oh, or something yeah. where Jeff Keeley was talking to Cliffy. You can call that, you can call that advertising, I suppose. I mean, that's what I it mean, is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I, it was, uh, I think that was during E3 and they showed some clips and that was just maybe a month and a half before the game launched. It was very close to launch. Yeah. Um, maybe we should check that out. I think it's the sort of game that we would really like. Whether or not that means it's broadly appealing. Mm. Um, And I'll admit, I don't really have a lot of room in my life for another multiplayer shooter right now because Battlegrounds will expand to fill whatever amount of space you want to give it in your life. That game will chew up your time. That sounds terrifying, but... It's a good game. It's come up twice already because I brought it up to be honest, but <laughs> I'm sure we will. You're a lawbreaker. <laughs> um, lawbreakers is not a good name unless it's a game about cowboys either. Agreed. It's an awful, awful name. So unless if, unless if the law is that you can only move so fast and then they break it if every time they put on their rocket man, shoes. That'd be so awesome. If it was like reverse speed, what if there was a game like a shooter where if you stopped moving, you died, you started losing health. Yeah. Your health started ticking oh, down. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That is a good idea for a Titanfall mode, like a multiplayer mode. I like, like it. Whoa. Well, after Star Fucks, that can be our next game from Zero Stars Publishing. Dude, I want that multiplayer mode to exist. That sounds so fun. Pitch it to Respawn. Yeah, we should. 
All right. So the Nintendo Switch is the fastest selling home console ever in the U.S. And now it has Dark Souls. Go buy a I Switch. Know. Go get one. I just wanted to ask you, what was the previous fastest seller? The Wii. Yeah. Dude, Nintendo. You got it in one. Oh, I mean, Nintendo just... And Nintendo got it in two. Yeah, it's impossible to, at this point, I think, deny that the Switch is probably the greatest video game console anyone has ever made, just based on the strength of its lineup, uh, which is insane. Yeah. And they continue and to deliver. Get better. Yeah. yeah. I, like, the idea that you're going to have Dark Souls on this thing, it's like, shut it down for this year. <laughs> what else do you need? I'm curious to know where Nintendo will go, because they're putting out, like, Donkey Kong... Uh, from Tropical the, Freeze. Yeah, which was on the Wii U, so people didn't play that. My favorite. My what I'm flavor. expecting, and I'm just going to say it right now, E3 time, I think Nintendo is going to show a Super Smash Brothers, and I think they're going to show something else, probably a Mario Maker. Well, they have tennis coming out. Do you think they're going to do Zelda Maker? If they do Zelda Maker, I think people will lose their shit. Like yeah. I think it will we're, break. We're not going to see any more Metroid. No, I don't think I don't think Metroid Prime is going to come out for like two years. I bet that we don't see. Um, I bet that we don't see a Smash Brothers. But I bet Why there's some sort of a maker. They have they have Smash Four or whatever it was on the Wii U. Yeah, that thing That's is sitting so there. Yeah, but they've been porting over those Wii U oh, games. Oh, you mean porting one as opposed to a brand new Smash? I wouldn't be surprised if they numbered it Splatoon style, but if it was like a mild mm, a upgrade. Good and Namco developed that, so like mm. Nintendo doesn't need to devote resources to it, really. It just feels like that needs to happen because I think people would be into it. And I think there needs to be a Maker game on it. I could see them just bringing over Mario Maker, porting that. But man, if they did something crazy like a Zelda Maker where you could just like make old top-down Zelda dungeons. And you could switch between, like, and you could do some side-scrolling, like Zelda 2-style oh, sections. Dude, what if, if you could do Zelda, switch between uh, Link's Awakening graphic set and oh, what if they did, like, a Minish Cap style? That'd be awesome. Yeah. I just had the realization that uh, if you look at Ocarina of Time, those are kind of... 2d levels in a lot of cases like they have different floors but because you can't jump Jump, you just go up and down i think it would be feasible if they wanted to be crazy what if you could press a button and the camera just like swiveled down and you were behind link like in like in goldeneye when the camera just zooms into the back of it would be exactly like that except awesome yeah (laughs) actually that's pretty awesome yeah Especially because you get to see those like really busted golden eye facial yes, maps. Briefly. Oh, they're so good. All right. Uh, our final headline is from Waypoint. One player's 21,000 hole quest to beat the seemingly endless Desert Golf. Desert Golf is the best game on mobile. Matt's going to disagree. I vehemently disagree, but I think it's a really awesome game. Yeah. Matt likes threes. Uh, Desert Golf is my threes. I love Desert Golf. I play it all the time still. Uh, I am not like one of these people though, because I am at 2,600 holes. Um, and these people are at like 21,000. So I'm not very yeah. good. This is a, this guy spent, um, about 400 hours playing desert golf, got up to, uh, I can't remember exactly what the whole number was, but he got up to an obscenely high number hole and it was seemingly impossible for him to go on. Desert Golf's levels are uh, created by via algorithm. Yeah, so what Desert Golf is, it's a golfing game. It's simple as that, but it's a side-scrolling thing where you have a map 
set left to right. You hit the ball from the left to the right. Um, and the way that the game works is that the holes on the screen and your balls on, on the, the holes on the right side of the screen, your balls on the left side of the screen. And once you get the ball in the hole, the previous hole turns into the new tee and the whole view just shifts over to the right. And there's another hole over to the right. And the actual topography of the level changes every time based on a random number generator. And, and this is kind of critically, you're controlling your swing, uh, like angry birds. So you pull back with your thumb, you let go and it goes as far as you pulled back. Basically. It's a, Brilliant and kind of zen take oh, on the so Angry good. Birds. Yeah, yeah conceit. I I love desert golf. I but, play it a lot. So the idea was that eventually you get you've played so many holes that it can no longer the random number generator can no longer necessarily guaranteed a passable hole on your next one. There's just a certain point where the algorithm kind of breaks. Yeah, and it delivers an impossible hole. And this guy's not the first person to have experienced this. This yeah. has happened to other people. And the developer acknowledges that this is a thing that happens once you get certain points. But it didn't stop this guy from trying over and over again. And then one day, he opened Desert Golf after having, I think, he had thousands of misses on this yes. one hole. He, one day, he opened up the app, and the hole had changed. So what happened is the developer, uh, the, the new iPhone came out, and the developer said, I'm going to update the game. And in doing so, he modified the algorithm so it no longer creates impossible holes. What it does do is creates an ending for the game, which previously it felt like you could play Desert Golf infinitely, uh, which I always liked. But now that is not the case, and I don't know how I feel about it, but what will eventually happen, once you reach a certain number of holes, the game starts to go like, okay, you have 10,000 more holes. Oh, it does. It tells you. It does not tell you. Oh, okay. But then there's a certain point where you can play through 10,000 more holes and then you reach a T and the view scrolls over and there is just water all the way to the edge of the screen and there's no hole. Mm. And that's the end of Desert Golf. And that makes me really sad because what I love about Desert Golf is the sense that you can just, there's never going to be a moment when it stops. Um, so I'm hoping that he kind of, at a certain point, somebody opens up Desert Golf again, having gotten to that point, and there's like an island on the other side of the ocean with a hole in it, and then it and just starts again. Oh. Like someone just like hits it out over the water right. one day, and instead of it just like disappearing off screen, the screen scrolls. Yeah, and like, you like are... they hear the little like patink noise of yeah. it going in the hole, and then and it's then like... It oh, man. Oh, that'd be so good. If I if I were him, I would, I would build that, but not for another three years. Yeah, well... I, so I, someone discovers it three years from now. That is just, the exact scenario I want because that game is so simplistic and so well executed that even today I kind of keep expecting there to be something weird that I haven't seen in it. Yeah. Um, I don't think there is, but it's amazing. So Desert Golf, if you have an iPhone and you don't own Desert Golf, go buy Desert Golf. Yeah, after you get threes. Before you get threes. It's a matter of opinion. All right, that wraps the news hour, I believe. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, you guys, Dark Souls coming to the Switch. This is really kind of like the second coming of Dark Souls. Of Dark Souls. <laughs> the second coming of Dark Souls 1. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about that. Oh, I, I, I feel real good. I feel <laughs> real good. So you know what it's time for? What's it time for? The PUBG Minute. All right, let me know, let me know in one minute how you feel about PUBG. Okay. PUBG is incredible. The version of it that is on the Xbox 
is the most broken thing I have played on a major console or even the PC in a long time. It is admittedly in like the Xbox early access equivalent. So you pay $30, but the game is not quote unquote out. Are there other games that are on the Xbox early access? I believe that they created this specifically for for PUBG. PUBG. The version number listed is like 0.5 something. Um, And it shows. So you will play this game and the frame rate will occasionally chug. Sometimes the game will just hard crash out to the menu. Sometimes you will look at somebody else and their hair won't load. <laughs> Sometimes like <laughs> that happened to me in real life. <laughs> exactly. I'm waiting for it to pop in though. Uh when you parachute down onto the island, sometimes like the trees won't load and then they'll load as sprites off of, like a SNES game and then they'll like pop in. Uh Sometimes you will run somebody over with a car. They will clip through the car, get caught on like the tailpipe and just be like being dragged around. I just love the idea that PUBG, when you're up in, in the blimp before you jump out, is like just doing mode seven from the SNES. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> there are things from Pilot Wings that looked better than this game when you're in the plane. So for those who don't know, PUBG uh is Battle Royale, it's the Hunker Games. You and 99 other people uh, are in a plane flying over a very big island. You decide when you jump out of the plane, you land on the ground, you have nothing. You pick up guns, you pick up bandages, you pick up ammunition, and your only goal is to be the last person alive on the island. Uh, and a match can take anywhere from, if you die like immediately, a minute, <laughs> to upwards of 20 minutes. Um, I have never won. I have gotten in the top 10, I think, twice. It's amazing. This version of it is so broken. Like you walk into a room and the game's like running okay, right? Because you're not seeing anybody else, but Mm -hmm. you'll like hear somebody moving and you're like, oh, I'm going to get the drop on this person. And you're like creep around the corner and you'll see them. And suddenly the game kind of like turns into a slideshow as you're trying to aim at this person's head and they're moving and they're jumping around the screen because it's lagging. And then it will just hard crash to desktop. (laughs) Or like Xbox menu, or Xbox whatever. menu, yeah, which is feels like a desktop, I suppose. Yeah, so that's not good. Except that the game itself, the core of this game, is so excellent that I continue to play it all the time. Well, I played it a little bit with you um, two weeks ago, and I feel like we played it for. I played it for maybe like an hour or so. And already there were stories emerging, like the man who I beat to death with my fist while he was trying to shoot me with a shotgun. Well, and the performance issues create situations yeah, where people can't aim, which are it's it's kind of delightful in a really broken way. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, like, I mean, there was there were moments when he was outside a house and I was inside the house and he could see me through the windows, but he didn't actually want to come in. It is just it is just it cre- it creates stories in the very best way. Yeah, which is what everybody's been saying about it since it's been on PC and early access for about a year now. There um, are some things I think actually benefit from it being on a console. The main thing, having talked to people at work about the PC version, uh, everybody who's playing the PC version cranks down the visuals because if you turn them up on a Mm -hmm. fast PC, um, it adds all sorts of foliage, which allows people to hide. But if you turn them down, you turn off all the brush 
and then somebody's like prone in the what they think is the brush and you just they're just lying on a dirt patch and you just shoot them in the head oh that seems like such a it's cheating yeah really they shouldn't allow it like new england patriots level bullshit (laughs) and so what's great about the xbox version is everybody suffers together It's the great equalizer. It the is. Xbox is like shitty performance or the game's shitty port is the great equalizer. And everything about it just kind of puts everybody on the level. Um, Hasn't that always been the case with consoles in general, though? Is that everybody gets the same like subpar performance? Yeah, out of the same you're playing box. GoldenEye and it looks... Parts of the, the game feel like that golden eye. I'm walking through mud and I'm showing you a slideshow of me walking through yeah. mud on my vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, swimmy sort of feeling because the frame rate just tanks. Yeah. I think uh, that we've been, yeah. We've all been to raves that run smoother than that. <laughs> it occasionally looks a little bit like that. Like a strobe, a strobe, yep. like. Mm. Yeah. It's a lot of fun though uh in spite of itself i had a blast just watching it it's so enjoyable and there's so much stuff about it that it has a little bit of that desert golf vibe where it's like there's stuff here that i'm not even realizing or uh we were talking about spiders and we said like there's this many spiders per square inch right this game is that because you're driving a car and I'm sure there are people who are like five feet away from me and I never see them or like because they're not loaded in properly. No, 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 because like they're hiding and like okay. you just kind of there's stories happening that you don't even notice. Yes. All uh, the that's, time. That's the in any given match. There are so many stories. And there's stuff happening right near you. Like yeah. there's probably like you're just running and there's probably somebody crouched next to you and they're like, I don't want to waste my ammo on this engagement. And you just run by them and one of you could have killed each other, but n- you never know. The thing that has happened to me is that I have, I started out playing this game and I lived in fear, right? And you drop in and you have nothing and you get a gun and you're like, oh God, what if I, what if I die in an engagement? I don't want to ever fight somebody. And so you're always like crouching, watching people run by, or you're walking over a hill and you hear gunshots and you just go, I'm going to run the other way. And you get out of the way. So you feared engagement. No longer. But uh, now my you're commitment committed. issues your commitment are issues, gone. Yeah. Because now... I hear gunshot and I run towards it. <laughs> I'm like, I drop immediately because I'm just like, I want to be in a place with as many people as possible and I want to engage them as fast as I can. Um, and that has made the game way different. And so it's fun that there's different ways of playing it just based on how you approach a situation. Um, you play as a masochist with a death wish, essentially. And you're... And I wish this game was called masochistic, masochistic death, death wish. <laughs> um... It is awesome because, you know, you'll hear something and you'll hear like fire happening over a hill and then you'll be like, I'm going to go over there and you run over there and you'll see somebody hopping into a buggy and like fleeing the scene of a crime. And then you at a distance just pull out a chain gun or like bop, bop, bop. And then they fall out of the buggy and the buggy like flips over a rock because they're not driving it anymore. And then you're like, I'm going to go get that buggy. And then you're running over there and somebody stun grenades you. And all of this looks like it's a slideshow, <laughs> but, but it has the promise. Yes. It's, yeah. I meet this game more than halfway because everything that happens in it is so awesome. And I will say I, it must be amazing on a good PC uh, because it's so good when it's broken. 
I hope they keep patching it and making it better. They patched it this past week and it said minor performance improvements. <laughs> and non-specific. Well, yeah, they said the frame rate would be better. It seems about the same. They did fix a bug though where if two people tried to loot the same box at the same time, the game hard crashed. <laughs> so that's good. They also introduced a first person only mode. So you can be on certain servers oh, where everybody plays in first and person. And that limits your field of view significantly, obviously. Which is fun. I'm actually, I, I think that that's probably my preferred way. But the frame the rate is substantially worse in uh, first person mode for say. reasons I don't understand because it's not rendering a dude. But what that means is that it makes it way more slideshowy. Uh, and everybody's really bad at aiming in it. So you'll like have these situations where you're just walking up to people and capping them and then also though there's people that have figured out how to master the terrible controls and they will just snipe you <laughs> have you played with teams at all uh no because i'm really concerned about the idea that i would put more people on the screen than it needs that's true i would re i would really want to play with teams yeah i'm i'm gonna get into that yeah this, this when game it, when is, it works is evergreen i i don't think there will be a point in the same way that Counter-Strike just kind of exists, mm -hmm. I think that this game is going to exist for a very long time. And even if it's not necessarily this game, games like it will continue to exist. But with the momentum it has, unless they do something totally insane and just gut everything that it is, this game will be like Counter-Strike and people will play this forever. You like it more than Fortnite? Oh, substantially. No, the shooting is better. Mm-hmm. The performance is worse, is. Yeah. yeah. But I do not enjoy the building element of Fortnite. Not because it's bad. I actually think it's a really good implementation. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's like a Minecraft element to Fortnite that I don't find particularly fun. And playing Fortnite at a high level is very much about using those tools. Yeah. And I don't enjoy doing that. Yeah, I, I have preferred PUBG so far because people aren't bullet sponges and the shooting, even as broken as it is, feels more satisfying. Yeah, it's good. Um, so most of my time went into that and then a little bit of time went whoa, into whoa, whoa. what, how many games do you have to talk about? This is the only other one, but if you okay. want to, you want to go, I've got two. All right. Hit us. Um, first I want to give a quick call out to a game called Oxenfree by night school, um, that I am not finished with yet, but is a really cool game. And I'm looking forward to talking about it later because it's one mechanic is dialogue and it does dialogue really well. Mm, that's um, neat. Yeah. So here's the, the kind of oddball game that I played and beat this week. Uh, is this game for PC and Mac called West of Loathing. Um, West of Loathing is by Asymmetric Publications. Uh, it's a, this is actually a sequel to a 14-year-old like Flash game called Kingdom of Loathing. Whoa. Uh, so it is... Um, I probably spent... like I have no idea. There's no counter on how long this game took me to beat, but it is... Um, I played it constantly and like could not stop playing it in a way that I kind of will be with a book where I just like not want to do anything other than read the book. Not because the mechanics of the game are that engaging or interesting, but just because like the world is so consistently good and funny. So this is a, um, a Western, a, uh, a Western RPG adventure game that is built entirely around like airplane style humor so everything is drawn like stick figures. First of all, it's all black and white. It's stick <laughs> figures. So like the jokes are there immediately from the very beginning. Like it is like, so this is a totally black and white game with stick figures. But like, if you go into the options, there's a colorblind mode. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is like the epitome of what this game is. Like, this game sounds incredible. The early early in the game, there's um, a perk that you can get called Silly Walking, and it's from reading a book. And if you like equip it in the options menu, you just like walk in a variety <laughs> of dumb ways, like your stick figure character. <laughs> and the flavor text for this perk, because everything has flavor text, of course because it this game does. is all about funny jokes. The the flavor text for this perk is quote when you were a child you wanted to walk so badly you finally have <laughs> <laughs> it is just full of dumb wordplay like that um, one of my favorite jokes that I literally had to put my laptop down because I was laughing so much and I had it on my stomach was that you pass by this um, you pass through like it's old old west style and you pass by like this tent in a fort and there's a bunch of tents and stuff and one tent is like the the uh food tent and the other one is like supplies and then you pass by one with a red cross and as you pass by this like little flavor text just pops up and it says this must be the math tent (laughs) (laughs) it's just like jokes like that just like consistently funny like dumb and like it is um it doesn't take particularly long to beat and it is actually much more of like an old school adventure game it has like rpg battle systems but you can usually talk your way out of battles anyway cool um, and really just like always need to have the right items. And it's really just like wandering around to different locales and like kind of like meeting weird, quirky characters and having conversations with them. And it is like the epitome of the humor that I absolutely adored in high school, like airplane and still continue to adore, mm-hmm. but it is unlike, unlike airplane, it actually really holds up like, <laughs> like this brand of that humor holds up in part because like, it is such a kind-hearted game. Right. It has none of like the the cynicism that I think creeps into a oh, lot of yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. There's zero cynicism. There's like there are like there's murder and dumb stuff like that in this game, but it is all like played in like the most like PG like kind of like sweethearted like way. Like everyone's sort of a doofus. <laughs> but it is Man, if you just it's it's eleven dollars on Steam, and these guys are first of all very funny writers. Like you will you will get some belly laughs out of this game, but you'll get a lot of just like warm feelings out of it, even more than that, because it is just like rife with puns and like you can you get so many items in your inventory, and they all have flavor text. And like one of my favorite things is that like items usually stack. Like you can have like I don't know eight flapjacks or something like that. <laughs> But you can also get sarsaparilla, which like restores a certain amount of like hit points or whatever. But every time it doesn't stack in your in your inventory because it's spelled differently every single time. And that's like the joke is that no one can spell sarsaparilla correctly. So it's always so like the joke is like not that it's spelled wrong, but because it's spelled wrong, it's always like spelled differently. It will never like repeat and you'll never have like a sarsaparilla times two in your inventory. Oh, man, that must have been a mistake when they were probably coding it. Oh, and then they were just like, like, let's run with it. it. It's clearly like a very small team. Oh, that's wonderful. It's just like you, you know that these guys had a ton of fun making this game. Um I'm curious to go back and try Kingdom of Loathing, which was like a Flash game that I think has the same exact aesthetic. Sounds like that's probably a medieval one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was great. It really just like, it's like the the epitome of like, do you need something to cheer you up? Like this game will cheer you up. I didn't even need cheering up. And I think it just like elevated my Yeah, it my made mood. you better. Oh God, I felt so good. Every time I would just like boot up the game and play for a bit. I love it. And it's just, it's fun. I mean, I quote unquote beat it, but. I clearly like just went through what constitutes the main storyline, which is there's not actually a storyline. <laughs> um, 
it is it's it's such a blast and i really highly recommend it um it's on mac and pc i wish it were on something even more portable than that like it'd be awesome if it were on the switch everything um, would be awesome if it was on the switch uh, truly and you actually play it primarily even without the mouse and keyboard so like do it or you play it with the key with the keyboard less less the mouse so uh but yeah check it out it it run it'll run on anything and it is just like it's just like a really funny sweet game oh that's, that's just amazing like, I gotta so get good. that. So you two can learn to walk badly. <laughs> um, I played a goofy game as well. All right. I played on. Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. You started playing Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy? Did you? I, no, I haven't. I what, what are you playing it on, though? The this Mac. is very key. Okay. Because it's also on iOS. Is it? Yes. Which I hear changes everything I because should probably of the get way the there. control scheme so works. So this game is by the person who made Quop. Yeah. Love Quop. 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 Have you ever played co-op quap? No, it's impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. Quap is impossible. If you have a hive mind, you can play co-op quap. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, quap, that's Q-W-O-P, for those who don't know, is a game where you are a sprinter and you control individually with different keys on the keyboard, like every muscle in a man's legs. <laughs> Uh, and it's it impossible so... and it just means that like this person is like trying to run but really there's like twitching on the ground as you slap these buttons and don't know what to do um, so it's funny and hilarious and weird and you could get good at it but God something damn. that you literally could get good at and that's but the amazing won't. thing about it but yeah. some people do yeah right which but is not the you. astounding that's thing. the key oh no god not not, ne- not either of us so this person's new game is called getting over it with bennett foddy <laughs> I actually don't know. His name is Bennett Foddy. Is that the, the developer? It's the yes. It's the, that the makes sense because he's name. kind of a character in it. Yes. So it's li- I hear that he is literally like when it says with Bennett Foddy, it means that you literally are getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Yes. Yeah. That is totally what happens. Yeah. Which uh, seems amazing. Yes. So this game is a game where you play a naked man in a kettle. <laughs> um, We've only ever used that phrase twice on this I know, show. It's weird. Um, especially because I've seen that three times in my life. Um, so you're a naked dude. He's jacked. He has a goatee too, which I love. Uh, (laughs) he's just this ripped dude who's, you only see his torso. He actually might be wearing pants. I don't know, but he's like in this little like witch's kettle and then a cauldron. Yeah. A cauldron. That's, that's the better word. All right. Yeah. Which is <laughs> AKA a witch's kettle. Uh, yeah. Or a witch bucket <laughs> as we uh, called them back home. Yes. Uh, so he's in this witch Bath bucket. Tub. He's got, he's got this like sledgehammer and the way you control it is you have the mouse on your computer. That's the only control input. I guess it also is on iOS. I don't know how that works, but when you move the mouse, it moves his arms to swing this hammer and your goal is simply to climb a mountain. What's crazy about this game is that you begin it and you're climbing and you're using the mouse to just manipulate the physics and climb him over stuff. At any point when you quit the game, it just saves where you are on the mountain. But there's never a moment when you reach a point where you can't fall literally all the way to the beginning of the game. And the challenges as you climb become increasingly difficult. I'm currently at a part where I have no idea how to like manipulate the physics to make him climb up. Um, it is so weird. The key, though, is that it has this meta layer where Bennett Foddy, <laughs> creator of Quop and other games, is talking to you while you play it. So you'll be playing it and he's like, all of a sudden it just comes on and says, this game is a sequel to Sexy Hiking a classic B game. And then he explains what sexy hiking is, which is this weird B game uh, that 
got made a long time ago that was apparently exactly like this game. I'm not uh, familiar with that at all. Uh, then he'll go, then he'll go like, sometimes when you have to like work at something, it really makes it more rewarding and stuff. And then like, there's like a song, like a blues song will play. You'll fall to the bottom and he'll be like, Oh no, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's fun. Um, I can't tell if my mouse, my mouse gets a little jumpy sometimes, which I think is due to like Bluetooth interference or something. Um, and like, it just doesn't track quite right. And I think that that's really hindering my ability to play this game properly, but also it controls in an insane way, like co-op style. You're always a little out of control. There's a touchpad mode. I'm playing this on a desktop. Wait, what would it? Oh, okay. I touchpad. assume the touchpad mode is identical to the iOS control scheme wise. Yeah. And I've heard that that makes it substantially easier, but that does not seem true to the spirit. That's what has been indicated to me as well. Yeah. I think that kind of might take some of the joy out of it because I think that being terrible at it is sort of the point. How much did it cost? If you don't mind Seven dollars. I do not mind you asking. <laughs> okay, good. Seven steam bucks uh, for this one. And I would recommend getting it if only because it's so weird, but I can't tell how much of its difficulty is due to hardware issues that I'm having and or the fact that the control scheme is crazy intentionally. It's probably majority the latter. I, I think I think you'd be surprised because there are just moments where like it's so touchy that if the mouse stops tracking for a quarter second and then yeah. it tracks it as somewhere else and it jumps like it'll just he'll jerk the thing around because it just tracks exactly where the mouse is and then you'll fly off the mountain. So I think that it's like, unless your mouse tracks perfectly, you are going to get screwed. I think that Bennett Foddy is assuming that no one's mouse. I think that's part of the game. Yeah. 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 So I guess in either case, it's it's part of the experience. Yeah. Like the experience is what you have. Yeah. But it's fun. It's weird. I would recommend it. Also, it is crazy. Does it have an end? Yes. Okay. People can beat it in like under five minutes. Damn. People who are good at it. Well, there are these moments the same where people who have probably mastered quap. Quap, Yeah. You'll get into this rhythm with it where you're just flying up this mountain and then you'll get to the point that you got to before and you'll be like, oh, this part's tricky. And then you'll like try and do something and you'll just fall. But the parts of it that you've already mastered, you'll just like rip through. Uh, because yeah, you, you just, just get know. the, it's, it's really like kind of a rhythmic thing where you're just like, I throw myself here, I throw myself here, I throw myself That's here. Kinda, it reminds me of Mount Your Friends. It's in extremely that like Mount yeah. Your Friends, except that Mount Your Friends had more swing and dacks. It had it had, did have a lot of dicks. The key to mount your friends is that you can play mount your friends poorly and still make a stack of dudes. Yes. Yeah. Whereas here, and then like in mount your friends, the stuff where you're really like flinging them and doing all that kind of stuff is like a high level play. But you get you get faster and faster at the early establishing. Yeah. Like how to how to build establish like tall stacks of dudes. Yeah, that's true. Fast. It's a good game. I recommend it. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Also, for those who um, want to try out Quop, the URL for that is Foddy F O D D Y dot net backslash athletics dot html. I love that that athletics. Yeah, part. that's good. Uh, or you could just Google Quop. Yeah, it'll come up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what was your favorite thing from this week that wasn't a video game? Uh, my favorite thing from this week that wasn't a video game is a song by the band Ghost, uh, also known in America occasionally as Ghost BC, because apparently the name Ghost was already taken, so they got sued. Um, Ghost is a weird band. Uh, I don't remember where they're from 
Sweden, maybe? Wait, wait. The name Ghost was already taken as a band name, yeah. and so they were sued. And then they changed their name to Ghost BC, which is exactly what happened to Blink, because Blink-182 yeah. was originally Blink. Blink, yeah. And then they got sued, and they said, oh, I'll throw something on there. <laughs> They'll so, never know us as Blink now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Ghost, also known as Ghost, Ghost BC, BC, is a band. Uh, nominally, they are a metal band, but I... This song, this song called Square Hammer, which came out in 2016, is kind of metal, but more of just like a pop song that happens to have guitars, um, like heavy guitars, but like it's very poppy. Um, and uh, they are crazy. The band consists of Papa Emeritus and the Nameless Ghouls. <laughs> the Nameless Ghouls. Wait, 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 wait. So the band's name is Ghost BC. Yes. But they consist of someone named Papa Emeritus and the Nameless Ghouls. Yes. The Nameless Ghouls all wear masks. Why don't they just go by Papa? Uh, I know. I just go ahead. Just go. I, it's not worth it. The ghouls all wear masks, so nobody knows their identity. Papa Emeritus wears heavy makeup, and until recently, no one knew his identity. Uh, and Papa Emeritus dresses like the Pope. <laughs> um, also, at the end of every album cycle, he is killed and replaced with a new Papa Emeritus, and they all change the way their costumes look. No one knows who any of the ghouls are. <laughs> They might have all been replaced recently, and now some of them are suing Papa Emeritus. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The song Square Hammer is awesome, and it is the dumbest, most straight-ahead metal song about making a deal with the devil. <laughs> it's terrific, and it's super fun in that really stupid kiss. Like, yeah. rock and roll should be theatrical. Like, the idea of this band playing in a bar is awesome because like if you were just at a bar show and these people rolled out in these demon like like these faceless demon cloaks and a dude dressed like the pope you'd I'd, be like i'd run out of the bar it's awesome <laughs> um where are they located i think they're from sweden oh, okay that uh, makes sense but they were all in like a pop rock band before this and then in, like costumes yeah in then. like 2010 they created ghost and so I would really recommend the song Square Hammer. It's a ton of fun. Oh, dope. What's your thing? Um, my thing is sort of the Milwaukee Art Museum. I went up to Milwaukee, and the, their fine arts museum is really cool. Uh, I wish I could say more about, say that about anything else in Milwaukee that I experienced. Damn. But... Uh, uh, Shots it was a, it was a Sunday in the middle of winter, but man, the Milwaukee Art Museum is really cool. It looks like a giant robot bird that's about to fly out over the lake. That sounds terrific. Or like a futuristic sailboat, um, or like an armored core. It, it, is, it actually looks like something from Near Automata, but okay. like cleaner. Uh, it's it's just a really cool museum. But like, I guess my real favorite thing. Or if I had to like endorse an activity, it would be to go to your local art museum and just don't try and take the whole thing in. Just go pick a few rooms on the map and then just go hang out in those rooms and take in some art and breathe and relax and just like it's nice and still, it's quiet. Try not to think about all the spiders. They're all there right behind the paintings. <laughs> right behind you. <laughs> no, really, there's one right behind you. Oh! <laughs>